Hello and welcome to the Business of Data podcast. My name is Catherine King and I'll be your host. In this podcast, we chat to senior executives from a range of departments, industries and functions, all about their passions, experiences and challenges within data analytics. Let's go ahead and dive straight into today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Business of Data podcast brought to you by Corinium. This week we are talking all about data capabilities and business value. And to do just that, I am joined by the wonderful Loretta Franks, who's the VP and Chief Data and Analytics Officer for Kellogg Company. Now, if you haven't had the pleasure of meeting Loretta quite yet, a few intro facts to get you up to speed. So Loretta has been with Kellogg for almost 16 years. Having a background in finance, she's made her way into the data space over the last few years via the route of digital transformation. Now, if you can't find Loretta at her work desk, you'll most likely find her out on a sports field cheering on her two children. Loretta, great to see you. How's it going? Hi, Catherine. Yeah, it's really well. Thank you. Nice nice to be on it. Amazing. Well, I'm glad to see you're not at a sports field today because here in the UK, it's a bit blustery and, and, and the weather is not great. I must admit, so I'm glad to see you're, you're tucked up inside. Uh, children are sporty. Have you always been into sports? Um, yeah, ever since I can remember, really. Um, I love all sports. I love watching, getting involved in them. Um, growing up, I played a lot of lacrosse um, and hockey. I've focused on lacrosse mostly throughout university. But yeah, through my 20s, I played for club, county, country, Um I just think sport teaches you so much um, that can be very applicable to business as well. So life skills, teamwork, importance of well-being, dealing with winning and losing, which is a one my kids haven't quite got the knack of yet. And then <laughs> just people and social skills, but just having fun. I love. Yeah, I love it. Oh, that's fantastic. And perhaps now in business, you need the or you rather there's an absent need of a gum guard, perhaps. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or at least not allowed on the pitch without them now. So, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And I mentioned there that obviously your background's in finance, you're now in data. How on earth did that happen? Um, so I I studied STEM subjects at school. So I did physics, maths and economics. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't really know what I wanted to be when I grew up at that stage. Um, mm-hmm. I just went with what I enjoyed. Um, I then studied economics at university because I just quite involved. I quite liked kind of seeing how the world works from a business angle. Um And then after university, I was fortunate to get my first role at Kellogg as a finance analyst in 2007. And I'm, you know, just talking about sport. I'm not sure how I got the role. I actually had a black eye from a lacrosse game in my first interview. So um, (laughs) so they stuck with us. But so the role opened up um, and it also gave me an opportunity to do my chartered accountancy exams. Um, And honestly, I just thought that was a sensible thing to do. So um, Mm. following a lot of great years in a number of finance roles at Kellogg I I actually realized that I much preferred being at the forefront of driving change it really motivated me um I liked working with people probably more than Excel um (laughs) so I transferred into project and program management initially and I did uh, I really enjoyed that time of year um of my career I got exposed to lots of different areas of the business I worked on projects from process redesign, system implementations, uh, large business transformations. And the most exciting one was when we acquired Pringles back in 2012. Um, Just fantastic brand, fantastic opportunity and just 
just fantastic. So, and then following a few maternity leaves, so you mentioned I had a few kids, so um, took them, and then I moved into my first global role in global business services in GBS, um, leading large, a large, really large team of financial professionals across Mexico, Michigan, Romania, Mumbai, um, mm. and you know I just loved leading a diverse. Um, a diverse global team I got the opportunity to travel and see new cultures um and really just look at the operational efficiency of our processes and then as you can imagine with that data underpinned a lot of a lot of the work that I did mm. in finance and and from processes and then um people were kind of the number one driver of change so Leslie Salmon our global CIO was a mentor for me for many years and um seeing me transition and grow at Kellogg, she she offered me the opportunity to move in to lead the next generation analytics program that we had at Kellogg in IT. And yeah, it was, a, it was an amazing opportunity. I didn't want to let go. And then that after a couple of years, led me to this role through, um, you know, my predecessor retiring. So it's just, um, you know, a really exciting journey I've had so far. I'm excited about the future, but it's kind of organically got into the space that I'm in today. That is exactly the word that that sprang to mind actually when you were talking talking me through that Loretta. It's organic. It seems that everything that you've experienced within Kellogg has been kind of this journey process, kind of stepping up the ladder and in, in in a case of of going where interests you and clearly you've you've had people yeah. and mentors around you who've seen passion and kind of guided you as well, which I, I always think is really interesting actually how uh, you know, perhaps where you've started and where you've ended up can can seem like they don't make sense. Yet you add in yeah. that context in the middle, and you go, "Well, no, yeah, of course that makes sense. That journey, a hundred percent." And it's really interesting, actually, as you you talk about kind of the the main stopping points there, how each of those experiences would have influenced you as a leader now. So, kind of way back when, you know, kind of when your head's in an Excel sheet and how you process yeah. information, you know, dealing as you say with so many cultures and people's experiences and how they are going to handle different situations through to where you are now it's all going to influence that which which makes for uh, a really interesting story for sure thank you so we're talking about data capabilities and value two two areas that are so hot at the moment um talk to me about the current Ability, scale, whatever word you want to use for it, when it comes to your data department and their storytelling ability, when it comes to building out that value and understanding it, where would you say your data crew are with their ability to, to really storytell? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a big topic. Um, I mean, it's definitely a skill I believe you can learn and develop. And I think um, we continuously are working on this within Kellogg, both within our own team and our you know, our spoke teams in each of the regions, but also obviously much broader than um, into the organization. But, you know, how we storytell has just changed so much. I don't, you know, if you think about hybrid working, technology, the democratization of data, um, you know, and, and how people are interacting. So I think it's just critical that we constantly evolve and we constantly look at getting the right training to the, and the right tools um, to ensure people can do their roles. But it's... Mm it feels like something that's a little bit unachievable and I think it's definitely something that can be learned but I do believe it's a muscle we we can never can never rest on our laurels for and we we can need to constantly uh, adjust to how actually the industry is adjusting and how storytelling is more and more and more uh, impactful as we go along so work yeah. to do as always <laughs> of course 
I mean, uh, I think I'd be out of a job if you all said, yep, we're done now. Um, so, so no, more, more work to be done for sure. And I think it's really interesting, actually, if we think about storytelling, and it's going to be a bit of an abstract analogy here, so, so bear with me, but if we think about storytelling in kind of the wider media, you went back, say, 50 years, uh, well, kind of less than that, I suppose, 30, 30, 40 years, and you look at the BBC and how many channels there were on TV and the choice you had of the narrative that you could buy into flip forward to today and you have people who are topping the charts who came up through TikTok and I think that's a really interesting comparison I see to a lot of organizations when it comes to storytelling and who can tell that story how they can tell that story and how we enable them to and for me that journey is very very similar for for a lot of businesses where actually now the analyst can use their own capabilities their own tooling to tell a story to the business it doesn't have to go through a certain line of inquiry now to be kind of uh, uh, given. But on the flip side of the coin, as you were saying there about um, the ability to tell a story, do you think the business is able to communicate what it requires and what is valuable to them? So the other side of the coin, right, is that you've got all of these stories being told, but are they actually the, the correct ones that are wanted? Um. Potentially, I mean, translation is just a huge, a huge challenge, and and I think always will be. So the bridge between, exactly to your point, a business problem articulated into business requirements and actually something that you can tangibly create as a solution, and then all the way back into converting that into insights and action um, on the foot. So, you know, knowing how to ask the right questions, defining that specific problem, translating it into an ask, it's a muscle that we are continuously trying to strengthen. Um, and especially as, as generally data and analytics becomes um, much more spread. I mean, CPG particularly, you know, we're slightly behind obviously the big technology firms in terms of our maturity, but um, we've now got to reach so much, so many more people in the organization with regards to helping them ask the right questions and get the right. Um, and, and so that bridge is is something that we, we need to build. Um, and I suppose, um, you know, we've got it working in some places, but, you know, it's um, something that we've still got to focus on. And I'm going to pull that thread a little bit more. What is it, what is it you, you mentioned there, the, the uh, picturing of a bridge that there needs to be built. What's, what is causing that divide in a way? Is it a case of people understanding the questions to ask and understanding the capabilities? Is it the data team being able to translate? Talk me through that gap a little bit. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it has got to to do with how we the roles that we play. I think there's how do we blur the lines really between us and them. So you know whether that be mm -hmm. IT and the business, or whether that be the business and the data analytics function. Um, I'm a huge believer that fundamentally we're all we're all the business, and we've all got a role to play in driving it forward. So you know I, I push my team regularly to operate outside of our perceived or traditional silo in terms of um building partnerships and unlocking the joint value creation because you know the more that we can build and, and blend lots of capabilities through talent together i think you know ultimately that's a, a much quicker way to the solution um you know although i report to the global cio i i see myself as a business leader not just as an it leader and i think mm. how i get my team as well especially when i've got a team of a lot of technical technical people or people that have been in an IT function for a long time or you know maybe in the business for a long time I think built busting those silos and and having um shared objectives um and the same vision is really important 
and you know we're in a huge we're in a large organization with you know at Kellogg's where we we've got information silos like many other matrixed organizations and um sometimes one side doesn't know what the other side is is doing and it, you know sometimes it can mean we're out of sync so collaboration um you know alignment across the teams and what we're trying to achieve um you know business partnering you know I invest a lot in networking relationship driving um meeting people where they are in terms of their maturity their journey what they're trying to achieve um dropping all the jargon and and um you know getting all onto the same level I think is ultimately the the fastest way to 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 get into action and and value so yeah I think it's really interesting how you say almost the importance of how you see yourself and it's really interesting that you you clearly have this picture in your mind of being a business function of being you know within the business it's not a case of being you know kind of sat outside it looking through the window and I think that's something that our listeners I'd encourage everyone to do is kind of do that self-work of how do you see yourself and how is that impacting the relationship you then have with other functions with I know we always say kind of with the business but if you are within it we all know what I mean there yeah. Kind of, case of understanding that 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 relationship and how it will impact it because I think we we talk so much about breaking down silos but if we view ourselves outside of the business and perhaps that's half the problem with that kind of exchange and collaboration perhaps great absolutely oh. you mentioned there's there's different things that you're doing to kind of overcome this disconnect what are some of the practical top tips you can give towards um you know getting that that collaboration uh, a bit better um yeah so so i think there's no silver bullet um i think we figured that out a while ago <laughs> collectively um and i think you know really we, we we're just focusing a lot on around interactions and behaviors and really understanding the unique insights our data gives us and how we can merge it with different types of data so we have a lot of great mantras and hashtags within our team and that we're trying to deploy across the organization. Um, you know, ha- we've been on a journey, you know, let's, for example, around consumer data for a while. And obviously it's the backbone of a lot of, a lot that we do from a, a CPG industry perspective. And we collect and analyze multiple elements of data sources, but the magic's when we actually integrate that and synthesize that across other data sources. So we're really starting to drive the mantra of, of build once and serve many. So strategically looking at the demand that's coming into us but more from a data model and data asset perspective we've been traditionally um operating with a project mindset you know um like a lot of people and obviously moving towards more of a product mindset and um really looking at how we can drive economies of scale and accelerate and and make sure that we can um, use our data sources to solve multiple business problems and mm. be more strategic in how we, we mobilize against that. And then the other thing is just embracing and allowing for much more of a test and learn culture at our organization, you know, within Kellogg, um, allowing people to experiment, failing fast um, and being able to move on. Um, something that we can always do more of um i think it you know it really sparks innovation and and it allows people to be um much more courageous in the things that they experiment with um but then when we see something and we see those proof of concepts start to materialize into really strong hypotheses how do we move quickly upon them and um and you know not, not get too tied up in uh, over alignment etc so being a bit bolder embracing the test and learn culture and, and fostering innovation i think is also easy words to say not as easy in in you know in practice with you know large 
organizations that have been around for a long time but I think we're making some really good strides and I think that will really help as well in terms of our journey that we're on. Yeah and I think that piece at the end there is really important what you say about you know organizations who have been around for a long old time like Kellogg I think there can be perhaps a misconception from the outside that it's a case of business as usual keep going you know we've got this legacy but actually you you go inside and you look under the hood and you're like goodness me look at all this innovation and you know success happening and continuing to happen there's no kind of sitting back and saying oh well we've done it this way for so many years that's great now because obviously we know the wider market is is constantly developing and and the need to do that um which which is an interesting piece for sure now uh one of the last times that you and i caught up uh you mentioned you were in the middle of setting up an academy uh for next year as well talk to me a little bit about that yeah, um, very excited. Um, we're at the very early planning stages. So we've got some fantastic executive sponsorship. And, you know, I'd, I'd love to rejoin this podcast in 12 months time and tell you about some great results <laughs> we've got from it. Um, you know, really, we're looking to drive a, a, a global enterprise wide program um, to, to really foster um, data capabilities within the organization. Um, and really, you know, make sure that all the organization feels like they're moving forward. We meet them where they are. We've, you know, obviously we've got a number of different personas across uh, all our regions and functions. And, you know, there is some incredible stuff going both uh, going on both centrally and within the regions at the minute to invest in our people. We've got uh, a data science academy. We've got communities of practice. We've got some brilliant regional programs. But our ambitions are really to try and amplify that. Um, and go much bigger, go much bolder, and and really make sure that we've um, we show our very you know strong intentions around how you know how we need to move in this space. And the world's changing fast, and uh, we're really committed to to supporting our people through the journey. So much more to come, and I hope hope you know we can we can share some really good results in uh, you know if you have me back on the next podcast. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think it's it's going to be really, really very interesting. Now, I know you you mentioned uh, at the top of our conversation, you're a keen networker. Have there been any kind of top tips that you've heard going into this that you're really kind of taking heed of when it comes to building this academy? Have there been uh, anything shared by by folk that you've thought, yeah, that's something I'm going to really take on or things that you thought, mm, I don't think that's going to work here for whatever reason? Yeah, I mean, I think when you try and do any any enterprise-wide initiative, it comes with um, a lot of considerations that need to need to happen with regards to prioritization, investment, um, change management, et cetera. So, you know, I've done a lot of business-wide transformations in the past and um, got a ton of learnings from them. I think with this one particularly, I mean, this is, people are absolutely at the core, like, like many transformations, but um, how we have, we have a really, wide-ranging um uh, you know stage of the journey that they're in across all our different personas so making sure that we can have something that really is feeling personalized and customized and helping individuals um versus something that might just be you know generic or feeling kind of alien and then the other thing is is again i think the way that our world's changing people learn absorb um digest information in in a variety of different ways so making sure that we've got a program that can also be very very flexible and and provide uh, different formats different times different languages everything like that mm-hmm. I think is also um you know a complexity that 
that is something that you know we need to embrace and we need to make sure that um it's almost seamless right to the to the end user and the experience for them is um is you know personalized so so i think that that comes with it and then just how we sequence it right you know you trying to trying to eat the elephant isn't isn't gonna isn't gonna work so how we do that on top of everything else that the business needs to run again is making sure that we prioritize on where we get you know the most value the momentum etc so um there'll be a lot of learnings from previous experiences and stuff but uh, it's really exciting and something you know I can't wait to be part of and I'm part of leading so amazing amazing now um clearly you've got a very positive uh outlook on on the next uh 12 months as you build this this academy are there any kind of big challenges that you can see coming up in your path that you're kind of ready to ready to overcome and you've rolled up your sleeves and you're ready to to deal with yeah, I think I kind of alluded to this a little bit before. I think prioritization and focus. Um, mm. No shortage of excitement in this space, uh, in the industry, but particularly in our in our organization, and which is amazing. I mean, I'd much prefer to have the, the problem of too much demand than no one wanting to engage with us at all. But um, with that comes other challenges around how do we make sure that we're investing in the right spaces and we're looking at that strategically and we're focusing our resources and um, you know, investment funds in, in the, you know, the best possible place to create the best, you know, the, the highest incremental value for our organization. So I think that's a, a big one. Um, making sure that we continue to focus on attracting, retaining, engaging and exciting our talent. Um, you know, fundamentally, we, we can't achieve any of what we're talking about without <laughs> amazing people of which we have tons of in in Kellogg which is brilliant but that that needs continuous focus um and we obviously also need to make sure we're attracting talent from from the outside as well um so I think that will continue to be you know I wouldn't say a challenge but I think it's something a constant focus that we need to have and then I think the one that's maybe a little bit less sexy but critical is governance so you know the more that we embrace all of these different um, data assets and, you know, start to connect data together and start to build end-to-end, -end, you know, bust end-to-end -end silos is, you know, making sure that we have a really robust, um, appropriate level of governance um, across uh, the program, across our processes, across our systems, so that people feel they can trust it, they feel safe operating in it, we know we're compliant. Um, and, you know, I think that will ultimately help accelerate our value across uh, all of our different data domains. But um, it's, you know, it's the harder one to PR, but I think it's, the, you know, fundamental to underpin everything that we do. So, you know, we can't get distracted constantly with all the, the good front end. We've got to make sure we, we invest in, you know, yeah. um, brilliant basics as well. Poor old governance gets a bad rap, doesn't it? I feel every every guest I have that we talk about governance is always kind of foregrounded with it's not sexy, it's not fun, but you know what, it's got to be done, and uh, it's it's and really it's a interesting. Huge, huge unlock of value when it's done right. So um, I think that's you know it's how do we make it more of a value proposition versus a you know a more of a, a negative connotation to it of of extra resource or effort. So. I think there's a there's a great shift in mindset that we can we can agitate there yeah absolutely absolutely and it's, it's interesting as well that you mentioned about the talent piece obviously such a big challenge for so many organizations at the moment but perhaps not such a challenge in terms of attracting and retaining few but almost kind of an undercurrent of things that are that's kind of going on in this space and, and for you yeah. to be to considering 
um, for sure, which which is interesting. Now, if I remember correctly, the last time we spoke, you had just returned from a STEM program, right? From uh, uh, attracting people into Kellogg, but at very, very young uh, level. Yeah, we've done a fantastic initiative in Manchester um, with a couple of, of, of local schools. So yeah, um, it was hugely energizing and um, a, yeah, great experience but for me and hopefully for the students as well. Yeah, amazing. I love that. So uh, just because we do have a global listenership, school would be what ages? So it was choosing their GCSE, so around kind of 12, 13 age group. Yeah. So I know there's a constant debate in the community as to, you know, when to really capture the interest. And I think the reason I wanted to bring this up is because I think that is such a great age range because they are just about to choose GCSE, which for a lot of people does pretty much to determine your academic trajectory at least for the next kind of five or six years um so if you can get them to think about kind of the stem subjects then it'll influence college and university etc if you're based in the uk um but for sure and hopefully again that can help with the the talent problem right yeah well and and interestingly one of the biggest topics of conversation was you know the likelihood of the roles that they may aspire to be in, in you know, mm. do in the future probably don't exist today. You know, there was a lot of us that were stood in the room that were doing roles or in roles that when we were at school don't exist. And so, it, you know, making sure that, you know, we really emphasized choose something that you're passionate about, that you enjoy doing, if you like problem solving, you know, go, go for that because because the this space and technology and is evolving so fast, you know, it, sometimes those roles won't exist. And that's what's, you know, you know potentially it's very exciting for for our young talent coming through yeah very much so very much so now we've we've sneaked through a various uh, amount of topics through this conversation Loretta so uh, I, I end the podcast on the same question every week which is what's the one thing you want our audience to be thinking about as they end this episode with us today what's the one big takeaway for you um for me people are the key to any successful change um or transformation i invest in them innovate with them listen to them support them empower them um i think you know and if any experience i've had throughout my whole, whole career it, it just goes nowhere without without your people without your team without um you know change management strong communication and really making sure that they are center to everything that you do and i think you know the last little plug for me is just you know any females out there listening to this podcast just interested in a career in technology or data analytics you know do it the industry needs you um you won't regret it it's an amazing um an amazing and very fulfilling career and experience to have so um you know come join us <laughs> we need more <laughs> love that what a great note to end on well loretta thank you so much uh, for joining me on the podcast and I'm definitely going to take you up on that offer of uh, coming back in 12 months time see how it's all uh, gone for you but uh, for yeah. now uh, I'll catch up with you real soon thank you Catherine good to speak to you we hope you enjoyed that podcast episode do be sure to subscribe and follow the business of data podcast wherever you're currently listening to ensure you're always first in line to the latest episode we'd also appreciate your review as well so if you are listening on apple Podcasts, please consider leaving us a review and as always find us on socials as well as heading over to the business of data platform for more forms of great content including articles blogs and video until next time stay safe stay well and we'll see you real soon
Are you wanting to meet with other senior executives in the data and analytics space? In an environment that is created for connection and inspiration? Then why not join one of our in-person conferences? We have events all over the world, and you can find out the ones closest to you by visiting careniumintelligence.com events.